the notion that people who have already been married, that their marriages will be revoked in some magical way by the Supreme Court order would be truly outrageous. Outside of the jurisdiction of this one federal judge is that marriage is the union of one man and one woman. That has not been invalidated statewide, and these probate judges do not have the discretion to uh, go around and to follow the decisions of courts that do not bind them. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi, bringing you the latest legal news and observations with the leading experts in the legal profession. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from Boston, Massachusetts, where uh, I practice law and I also write a blog called Law Sites. And uh, my co-host, Jay Craig Williams, is not able to be with us uh, for this show. Before we get into today's topic, let me just take a moment to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor is Clio, the online practice management program for lawyers. You can find out more about Clio at www.goclio.com. And also a a quick plug for uh, the Legal Talk Network, the host of this show. They've done a really uh, great series of special reports uh, from the ABA mid-year meeting recently down in Houston, uh, where they spoke to, uh, had 32 different interviews with leaders from the ABA discussing their various divisions, committees, and programs. Uh, it's good listening, so check that out at the Legal Talk Network. Well, we're here today to talk about uh, I guess what we might call a kind of a showdown in, in Alabama over same-sex marriage. As we're recording this, the Alabama Supreme Court just, just yesterday uh, issued orders to probate judges to stop issuing uh, uh, marriage licenses to same-sex couples. Uh, of course, that comes on the heels of a, a, a federal district court ruling uh not long ago that uh, struck down a ban in the Alabama Constitution on same-sex marriage. The uh, district court ruling is on appeal the, uh, uh, to the 11th Circuit. We have the Alabama Supreme Court weighing in yesterday, uh, telling judges uh, to keep going, to, not to, not to uh, enforce, uh, not to uh, grant licenses for same-sex marriage. Uh, so it's... Uh, a little bit of a mess, I guess uh, we could say. And so we're going to try and make some sense of that today uh, with, with three different guests who are going to help us uh, look at this topic. So let me introduce them and get the discussion going. And first off, let me introduce uh, Harry Mihet. Uh, Harry is Vice President of Legal Affairs and Chief Litigation Counsel for Liberty Counsel, uh, an international nonprofit organization dedicated to advancing religious freedom, the sanctity of life, and the family. Since joining uh, them in 2008, Harry has participated in many critical issues, including the defense and passage of Florida's marriage amendment and the defense of individuals charged with contempt for prayer. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Harry Mehat. Thank you for having me with you today. Thanks for being here. And let me next introduce Elliot Mintzberg. Elliot is a senior fellow at People for the American Way, where he helps guide and oversee their work on religious liberty, separation of church and state, and other constitutional law issues. Prior to that, he was a senior vice president, general counsel, and legal director. In addition, he's served as chief counsel for oversight and investigations at the House Judiciary Committee 
and Senior Counsel and General Deputy Assistant Secretary for Congressional and Inter- Intergovernmental Relations at the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Elliot Minsberg. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. And finally, we have joining us from the University of Alabama School of Law, Professor Ronald Krotosinski. Professor Krotosinski teaches courses in constitutional law, First Amendment, and federal civil rights. Uh, he is clerk for the Honorable Frank M. Johnson in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit and has uh, written or been featured in articles in the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Huffington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and various other publications. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Professor Krotosinski. Good to be with you, Bob. Uh, so I'm not quite sure where to start with this, uh, but I, th- I think uh, maybe we maybe we start with the most recent news and, and work backward, or maybe we go the other way. But Professor Krotosinski, would you uh, be able to give us an update on, on what happened yesterday with the Alabama Supreme Court? Sure. The Alabama Supreme Court, uh, in a uh, uh, per curiam decision, found that uh, Judge Grenade's constitutional reasoning uh, was unpersuasive and uh, issued an opinion uh, finding that the federal constitution does not require the state to recognize same-sex marriages, whether on the basis of equal protection or due process, and has enjoined the state's probate judges from continuing to issue such licenses. Uh, The court has given the probate judges five days to show cause why they shouldn't be bound by the injunction, and has specifically asked Don Davis, who was previously uh, the subject uh, of an injunction from Judge Grenade requiring him and his principal officers to grant same-sex marriage licenses to show cause why he shouldn't be bound by this order as well. It uh, pretty much squarely puts the Supreme Court of Alabama in opposition to the decision of the federal district court down in Mobile. Uh, so, well, let's hear from let's hear from our, our our panel here a little bit about what they think of this. Harry Mihal, let's start with you. What's your uh, take on the Alabama Supreme Court ruling yesterday? Well, uh, Liberty Council was the uh, law firm that represented the plaintiffs at the Alabama Supreme Court. We drafted and filed the petition for writ of mandamus that led to yesterday's decision. Obviously, we are very pleased. We believe it was a great day for the Constitution and uh, the rule of law, and we think that the opinion that was issued by the court yesterday is one of the uh, most well-reasoned and well-researched opinions on the subject of marriage to date. Um, I have to disagree a little bit with the professor on whether or not it is on a collision course with the federal judge Grenade's orders, because uh, her jurisdiction was limited to only the parties before her, none of whom was a probate judge. And so none of the probate judges in Alabama uh, are bound by her order. All of them are now bound by the Supreme Court of Alabama's uh, order, which uh, prohibits the issuance of same-sex marriage licenses. Uh, We don't think Judge Grenade would have jurisdiction uh, over anyone outside of her case for controversy or outside of her geographical jurisdiction, and indeed she has acknowledged that by uh, uh, refusing or rejecting applications for contempt that had been brought before her. All right, well, Elliot Minsberg, let me hear from you before we go back to uh, uh, Professor uh, Krotosinski on that. Well, you're not shocked to learn that I I disagree with with (laughs) Harry. I I think the the decision is extremely troubling on on a range of of reasons, whether the court really had the jurisdiction to do that, the fact that there wasn't any 
advocacy from anybody who supports same-sex marriage in front of them when they issued the decision, and the fact that in essence it contradicts not just the federal district court, but also the 11th Circuit and the Supreme Court, which refused to stay the district court decision despite the dissent of, of Justices Scalia and Thomas. I do think that the one probate judge who is the most in doubt after this decision, because I think it's very clear that most probate judges uh, are, do not have a direct order to the contrary, is the uh, probate judge in Mobile, who in fact asked the court to let him out because he perceives that he does have a contradictory order against him from the federal court that is in that area. And that will still need to work itself out over the next couple of days. It's also quite possible that a couple seeks to get married in another county in, in, in Alabama, and when they refuse, they bring yet another federal court lawsuit, which would create a collision again. Hopefully, all this will be resolved certainly between now and, and the end of June when the Supreme Court rules on the bigger issue. But I, I do think that there is a great deal of uncertainty in Alabama due to this really unprecedented and very troubling decision by the Alabama Supreme Court. I was just going to say, I, I called up the order quickly. Perhaps Harry didn't see it, but I'm, I'm quoting an order, an injunction issued on the 12th day of February by Kelly V. Esprenad. It reads, probate judge Don Davis is in all caps bold and joined from refusing to issue marriage licenses to plaintiffs due to the Alabama laws to prohibit same-sex marriage. Uh, and it continues, this injunction binds John, judge Don Davis and all his officers, agents, servants, and employees, and others in active concert or participation with any of them who would seek to enforce the marriage laws of Alabama, which prohibit or fail to recognize same-sex marriage done in order this 12th day of February 2015. I've got a link. I'd be happy to send it to you or your lawyers if you missed it, but I don't see how one argues that Don Davis isn't subject to an injunction. Well, and what does that mean for, what does that mean? Uh, judge Grenade is the district judge in Mobile who issued the initial ruling in January requiring recognition of same-sex marriage as a an aspect of equal protection and due process guarantees. What about for the rest of the probate judges out there, uh, uh, Professor Krodzinski? Where, where does this leave them uh, as between the, their Supreme Court and a federal district court? Between a rock and a hard place. I think but there, there, there are eight counties in the Southern District of Alabama. Uh, because this would be related litigation, if someone were denied uh, a marriage license by any of those probate judges, I think it's pretty clear they could go to the Southern District, check the box for related litigation, and obtain a similar uh, uh, injunction of the sort that's run against Don Davis and his staff. It is certainly true that the Middle District and the Northern District haven't spoken to this question, and it's possible that a federal judge in the middle or northern district would take a different view. But uh, as uh, Elliot noted, because the 11th Circuit denied a stay and because the Supreme Court also denied a stay of Judge Grenade's initial order of January, uh, which was very unusual, it's true that that's not a merits opinion, but when a state law is declared unconstitutional, as Justice Thomas noted in his dissent from the denial of the stay, it's virtually automatic that a state government has a right to a stay of the order pending appellate review of, of the, uh, the decision invalidating the state law. 
So the 11th Circuit and the Supreme Court both denied the stay. That's not a merits opinion, but I, I agree with Elliot that it's a pretty good indication of where the Supreme Court is likely to come out. So, uh, you know, in, in those eight counties, I don't think there's much of a question that a federal court order could be obtained pretty quickly. In the rest of the state, it's more ambiguous, but you do know that in Alabama, you don't have to pull a marriage license from the county of your residence. So long as Don Davis is issuing same-sex marriage licenses, we have same-sex marriage statewide in Alabama. So Harry, uh, why does this matter right now? Uh, We've got this uh, issue heading to the Supreme Court. Why is what's happening in Alabama important from your perspective? Well, let me just say that uh, with respect to Don Davis, uh, he was only required to issue the four licenses to the plaintiffs before that were before the court in that particular case. The terms of the order that the professor has just read plainly required him to do just that and only that. And indeed, the federal court has no jurisdiction to require uh, him to provide relief to parties that are not before the court. So even Don Davis is no longer subject to any court order at this time, uh, as are none of the other uh, probate uh, uh, judges in Alabama. I should say, actually, they are subject to an order, and that's the order of the Supreme Court require or prohibiting them from issuing same-sex marriage licenses. So there is no confusion in Alabama. The law is crystal clear. The Constitution of Alabama, the law of Alabama, and now the Supreme Court of Alabama, all of them require that uh, marriage be upheld as just the union of one man and one woman. This is important to answer your question because it goes to the, to the rule of law. I mean, we are still a nation of law. The Alabama citizens are still uh, you know, governed by the rule of law. And the law that is still in effect in Alabama, uh, outside of the jurisdiction of this one federal judge, uh, is that marriage is the union of one man and one woman. That has not been... Uh, uh, invalidated statewide, and uh, these probate judges do not have the discretion to uh, go around and to follow the decisions of courts uh, that uh, do not bind them. For that matter, they could uh, just as easily go around and follow the decisions of um, the courts that have upheld natural man-woman marriage, and there are plenty of those at both the uh, lower court and the appellate level. They don't have that discretion. Their duty, their sworn duty, is to the people of Alabama and to their constitution, uh, and now that has been made clear by this Supreme Court ruling. Elliot, what about from where you stand? I mean, is this, uh, on the national scale, is this kind of a, a sideshow in the same-sex marriage debate, or is this, a, is this an important uh, issue in terms of what's going on in Alabama? Well, it is, it's definitely a bump in the road, no question about that. Um, I, I do have a concern because, unfortunately, as we know from the days of discrimination and segregation, there is, unfortunately, a history in, in Alabama of refusing to go along with even direct orders of federal courts with respect to desegregation, uh, et cetera. Uh, and so there is some concern about that, and I have a, a good deal of concern for folks in Alabama, including the probate judges, who are undoubtedly quite confused because I think, although the professor and Harry are disagreeing, I think even Harry, I hope, would agree that if another federal judge ordered another same-sex couple to be able to get married somewhere else based on Judge Grenade's ruling, that would be something that ought to be obeyed and ought to be obeyed immediately. Hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully this will be able to be worked out. But I do think that the Alabama Supreme Court decision is troubling. The key question, though, will be 
what ruling will the Supreme Court make, and will it make a ruling nationwide, as we hope it will, that there is a federal constitutional right uh, to same-sex marriage, uh, a decision that many in Alabama won't like any more than they liked the rulings that school segregation was unconstitutional. We need to take a short break. Stay with us. We're going to continue this discussion after uh, just a few words from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack takes a look at the process of moving to the cloud. Now, how long does it take to move to the cloud, and is it a difficult process? No. With most cloud computing providers, moving your data into the cloud is something that takes just minutes, not hours or days to do. You can get signed up and running with most services in just a few minutes. And even if you have an existing legacy set of data that you want to migrate to a web-based practice management system like Clio, there's migration tools and migration services that we're able to offer to ease that process. So most firms can be up and running in the cloud in less than five minutes and can have their data imported in a matter of hours or days. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if you'd like to get more information on Clio, feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O dot com. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi, and with me today is Mr. Harry Mehet from Liberty Council, Mr. Elliot Mintzberg from People for the American Way, and Professor Ronald Krotosinski from the University of Alabama School of Law. I'm wondering... Uh, Professor Krotosinski, whether you think that this issue is going to be resolved in Alabama uh, of, of its own uh, volition, uh, so to speak, uh, or is it going to take uh, something from the Supreme Court? Is this just, just going to continue to play out uh, over the coming months uh, until we have some more definitive ruling from a higher court? Well, one point on which I think uh, Harry and I will agree is that Judge Grenade has no authority to review the Alabama Supreme Court's decision, nor does the 11th Circuit. There is collateral review of state court judgments, for example, in the context of habeas corpus, but that's not applicable here. If there were to be a stay of the Alabama Supreme Court's decision and of their injunction, it would have to come from the Supreme Court of the United States. And if a probate judge, for example, Alan King uh, in uh, Birmingham, Jefferson County, County did not want to comply with the Alabama Supreme Court's order, uh, his course of action would be to seek an emergency stay from the Supreme Court. I wouldn't want to venture a guess as to the probability of that stay issuing, uh, but uh, if uh, a probate judge wanted to continue issuing same-sex marriage licenses without risking contempt sanctions from the Supreme Court, uh, the avenue of relief would have to be the federal Supreme Court. One other observation I guess I would have is that uh, we've had five Court of Appeals answer this question. Uh, the 4th, the 6th, the 7th, the ninth, the 10th. Four of them have ruled as Judge Grenade did. One ruled as the Alabama Supreme Court did. In every state within the jurisdiction of these five courts of appeals, the state judiciaries have extended comedy uh, and recognized the binding nature of the court of appeals decision on a voluntary basis. Uh, for example, in Michigan, uh, which is in the Sixth Circuit, we haven't seen someone file a petition for writ of mandamus asking Michigan to disagree with the Sixth Circuit and to order local officials in Michigan to issue same-sex marriage licenses. I suppose on the same theory Alabama has done it, you could see intransigence with respect to the Sixth Circuit's ruling. The problem with this is that the whole system of dual courts 
requires a degree of comedy. Federal courts extend comedy to state court proceedings through things like Younger abstention, Burford abstention, and as a practical matter, most of the time state courts reciprocate. Uh, this is a very unusual kind of decision by a state Supreme Court. I'm not saying it's unconstitutional, they're entitled to make it, but if every state Supreme Court acted as Alabama's did, it would be conducive of chaos. And Elliot Mintzberg, I'm curious, I, I thought I heard you say earlier in the uh, in the broadcast that you were hopeful that this matter might be resolved in Alabama before June, before the Supreme Court, before the U.S. Supreme Court uh, is, is likely to rule on this. Did, did I hear you right? And if, if so, why why is that? Well, I'm hopeful, but I wouldn't say I'm optimistic for exactly the reasons that the professor just talked about. Probate judges really are between a rock and a hard place. Again, I do think the judge in in Mobile um, may be in a different position because he is uh, arguably under an order from Judge Grenade, and, and, and that will have to be sorted out. But frankly, I think it is unfortunately quite possible in in Alabama that between now and when the Supreme Court rules, we will have this Alabama Supreme Court decision plus perhaps additional federal court decisions along the lines that the professor talked about ordering particular uh, probate courts to to marry particular same-sex couples. That would be a shame if it were to happen. But unfortunately, I think is, it has to be laid squarely at the door of what the professor rightly pointed out was really unprecedented and I think extremely troubling action by the Alabama Supreme Court. All this makes the Supreme Court decision very important, and at least the Alabama Supreme Court seemed to suggest it would obey that opinion, although even that, unfortunately, I don't think we can take for granted. One question I had is about the state of the licenses that, that have actually been issued in, in Alabama. I understand there there have been some issued. What what happens to those? In every jurisdiction where this has occurred, California, for example, Michigan, the licenses that were issued uh, have been left in effect. Uh, I would assume that would be the same case here, although I suppose that question uh, will ultimately have to be decided by the courts. But uh, when California had same-sex marriage that was then ended through a plebiscite, uh, the state Supreme Court took the view that those marriages were valid. Michigan had the same situation where the district court judge ordered same-sex marriage in Michigan. The Court of Appeals reversed. The state government recently said that those marriages are valid. Uh, the precedents that we have recently on this question would seem to suggest those marriages are valid, but uh, that would be a question that have to be litigated. The Supreme Court decision doesn't speak to that precise question. I would argue that it does because the both the law and the Constitution of Alabama not only prohibit the judges from issuing same-sex marriage licenses, they also prohibit the state from recognizing same-sex marriages. And the law that the Supreme Court ordered to be upheld and enforced yesterday was that entire uh, law. And uh, so at this time in Alabama, marriage is only the union of one man and one woman. Uh, I think despite the confusion that my my two friends here today are trying to paint in Alabama, the situation is resolved and there is no confusion. The probate judges have already come out and said that they will comply with the Supreme Court order. It is the only order that binds them prospectively. Even Judge Don Davis uh, no longer has any obligations towards uh, the federal court because that jurisdiction is uh, exhausted and complete. So uh, there is no uh, no confusion, and there should be no more controversy. Alabama has spoken on the issue of marriage. I thought what 
earlier happened with the Alabama Supreme Court is outrageous, but this, if true, would be even more outrageous. The notion that people who have already been married, that their marriages will be revoked in some magical way by the by the Supreme Court order, is, it would be truly outrageous, and I, I have to hope that that will not happen. But with respect to, to the Judge Mobile, Judge Davis, he, in fact, responds to this order by saying he's not going to issue marriages to anybody until this all gets cleared up. So to suggest that there is no confusion in Alabama, unfortunately, is just not true. You mean he's not even not even for uh, for mixed sex couples. He's, he's he's not issuing them. Period. According to what I read about a half an hour before joining this broadcast, uh, that that is what he has said for now. And and I don't blame him because he is truly between a rock and a hard place until this gets a little bit uh, clarified. Harry Mahead, are are there implications uh, of this Supreme Court ruling, the Alabama Supreme Court ruling, for other issues in in, in family law, such as adoption by by same sex couples? Oh, uh, sure. The uh, Supreme Court, in its well reasoned opinion yesterday, uh, um, spent a lot of time talking about the fact that uh, uh, Alabama's marriage laws do not strictly apply to who can get married, but to a whole host of other things that take place in society and in culture by virtue uh, of marriage and through marriage. And all of those things are impacted uh, uh, dramatically in one uh, way or another. But for now, the public policy of Alabama remains that every child deserves to have both a mother and a father. And the public policy of the state of Alabama is that marriage is reserved between a man and a woman. It does have far-reaching implications, uh, just like altering or interfering with the uh, definition of marriage uh, does uh, as well. So I want to ask you all if you care to uh, venture a guess as to how this issue will be decided by the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I realize you all have uh, strong feelings about how you how you hope it's going to come out, but what do you think might realistically happen? Uh, uh, professor Kratosowski, let's start with you. Well, I'm a law professor. I'm not an advocate. Uh, I don't have a client uh, in this matter. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess I would just observe what I see other lower courts doing. And if you count the number of state and federal judges who had to decide this question since Windsor, the overwhelming majority, I mean, dozens and dozens versus, I think, six or seven net, uh, have concluded that the logic of Windsor requires states to recognize same-sex marriages. Indeed, I would point to Justice Scalia's dissenting opinions in Lawrence, where he cites the Ontario Halperin case and says the reasoning of Lawrence will lead by a direct road to same-sex marriage, and his dissenting opinion again uh, in the Windsor case, in which he says the, uh, the, the logic of the majority's opinion requires recognition of same-sex marriage. So if you look at the way uh, lower federal court and state court judges have been deciding this question post-Windsor and use Justice Scalia's quite quite thoughtful dissenting opinions as a guide or a roadmap, uh, the prediction would be something like a 5-4 uh, decision in favor of the equal protection claim. Uh, court can do as it pleases, of course, but uh, you know, if I were to lay a bet on even money terms, uh, my bet would be on a 5-4 decision, probably with Justice as Kennedy writing. He's written every major Supreme Court opinion involving the rights of sexual minorities. And Harry, where are you putting your money? Well, uh, I would say this, uh, you know, in order for the Supreme Court to uh, design a fundamental right to same-sex marriage under either equal protection or due process, the court would have to, consistent with its well-established jurisprudence today, the court would have to uh, find either 
that the rights of same-sex marriage is enumerated in the Constitution, which it is clearly not, or that it is deeply rooted in our concept and, uh, and history of ordered liberty, uh, which it clearly is not. In fact, uh, until 2003, uh, the Homosexual Act itself was uh, outlawed in uh, many uh, jurisdictions. So all that to say this, there is no way that the Supreme Court can legitimately divine a fundamental right to uh, same-sex marriage. And were it to do so, that decision would be uh, arbitrary. It would, uh, in my view, delegitimize the uh, authority of the Supreme Court. And it would, uh, uh, I think, um, uh, unfortunately so, but it would uh, inspire a cultural revolution. Elliot Mintzberg, how do you see the Supreme Court coming down on this issue? Well, for the reasons largely that the professor talked about, I'm optimistic uh, about a 5-4 decision uh, in favor of the right of same-sex marriage. The arguments that Harry was making, frankly, are eerily and troublingly reminiscent of the arguments that were being made in the 1950s about how there is no explicit constitutional right against school segregation or against discrimination. Fortunately, the Supreme Court recognized those rights in the 1950s, despite the insistence then by Alabama of states' rights to the contrary. They can insist that all they want to, but I am very hopeful that no later than the end of June, the equal protection due process right to same-sex marriage will be recognized by the Supreme Court. Well, we are actually getting close to the end of our time here. Uh, I do want to give each of you an opportunity to give your closing thoughts and also to let our listeners know uh, how they can follow up with you if they care to do that. Uh, and uh, Professor uh, Ronald Krodosinski, why don't we start with you? Anyone who wants to find me can uh, locate my contact information at uh, law.ua.edu. I'm listed in the faculty profile. And I guess my concluding thought is that uh, equal protection since the ratification of the 14th Amendment in 1868 has never been bounded by tradition. If it were, it would have been meaningless. So the fact that schools were segregated at the time of ratification didn't stop the court in Brown from ordering desegregation. The fact that women couldn't be lawyers or vote didn't stop the court from saying women couldn't be denied access to state universities uh, based on their sex in the 1980s. So uh, while tradition is an important principle in limiting the scope of constitutional rights that are not enumerated, equal protection has always been about challenging traditions that are pernicious. And uh, my guess is that equal protection is probably going to be the fulcrum on which the uh, the decision issues this June. Thank you. Harry Mihet, uh, why don't we hear your final thoughts? Thank you for having us with you today for this uh, discussion. Um, I'd say that uh, in closing, by its intrinsic definition, marriage has always been and it remains union of one man and one woman. Uh, the state, uh, the Supreme Court, uh, no one can legislate against that definition any more than they can legislate against the, the law of gravity. And so at Liberty Council, we remain committed to uh, uh, protecting uh, natural man-woman marriage, protecting the rule of law, as uh, we were able to do in Alabama. And I would invite uh, your listeners to learn more about us at www.lc.org or by calling us at 1-800-671-1776. Thank you. And Elliot Mintzberg, you get the final word today. Thank you. Best way to get more information about or contact 
folks at People4 is our website, www.pfaw.org. This is clearly a momentous issue, which fortunately will be settled, I think, by this summer, so that the confusion that has been sown by the Alabama Supreme Court and by its Chief Justice Roy Moore, who hasn't gotten very much discussion today, uh, will, will be resolved. But it is important to recognize that a lot of these key decisions, like on same-sex marriage, like on, on racial discrimination in voting, a range of other issues, are being decided by the Supreme Court by very, very narrow 5-4 majorities. And there is a, a four-person conservative uh, set of justices on the court led by Scalia, Alito, Thomas, that is consistently ruling against um, many important uh, rights that we all respect and need. So I urge our listeners not only to be cognizant of what's going to happen in this case, but to watch very carefully the Supreme Court and its future composition as these kinds of issues continue to come up in the future. Thanks. We've been joined today by Harry Mahat, the Vice President of Legal Affairs and Chief Litigation Counsel for Liberty Counsel, Elliot Mintzberg, Senior Fellow at People for the American Way, and Ronald Krotosinski, Professor of Law at the University of Alabama School of Law. Thanks to all three of you for your time and thoughts on this issue today. Really appreciate it. And that brings us to the end of uh, another episode of Lawyer to Lawyer. This is Bob Ambrogi. Thanks, as always, for listening to the program. Join us next time for another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi for their next podcast, covering the latest legal topic. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.